Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. By Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. This is completely BS. This is shame. They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hope you're having a great day. It's Dukes and Bill. Tori McElhaney stopped by in the 2 o'clock hour. She writes for Falcons.com. And she laid out, okay, the structure of what the front office is going to look like. Now, we've talked about this, Mike, because the memo came out after hiring Raheem Morris, and we both said, whoa, wait a minute, what's this mean? And and the only reason why this is important, guys, is we get now into the meat of the offseason. Super Bowl's, you know, two weeks away, February 11th. And after the Super Bowl, the focus for every team, and it's right now, actually, but the teams that have not been in it, including us, are focused on the Senior Bowl, they're focused on seeing guys that they might be interested in. Um, we're going to head to the Senior Bowl today. Is it today? Yep. yep. A little bit later on today with our buddy Jarvis Davis, who's down there covering it, and we'll talk to him. But, but Mike, the reason why it's important is because the decision-making process now with the front office and how this is going to work, and we're going to hear more hopefully on Monday with the press conference for, for Raheem Morris, we can get a sense of what direction we're headed in, what, where we're going. What does our general manager want to do to help continue to construct a team that's going to be a championship-caliber team and competitive, not just for next year, again, for a long while? And you do that through the draft. You do that by acquiring the right free agents. Last year, can anybody debate that we did that in free agency on the defensive side? I don't think anybody would debate that we did that. Mm -hmm. We've got to continue to build this roster. Mike, when I look at the Ravens, or the 49ers, or the Chiefs. The Chiefs are doing this, guys. They had a bunch of guys hurt this year. Now, again, the X factor is Patrick Mahomes. But these rosters, as they're constructed, Mike, they are simply better. The Lions are at that point now, where after three years in and the way they've drafted, their roster is deep and it's just better. They're not going anywhere. That's where we have to be after this offseason, because I think it doesn't take that long. That'll be what? It'll be Terry's fourth year here? Correct. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, we were talking off the air that as great a job as as and Grady has done, and Onyemata still, you know, you guys start thinking about the heir apparent and getting some more fresh talent in that rotation defensive tackle-wise. Edge rusher, Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree combined for 13 and a half sacks, and that's great. You can't, you can't, you know, sneeze at that, but th- that was a short-term fix. Yes. So we've got to find some help. And, again, if you decide to go free agent and the quarterback, there are some impact players. We've talked about whether it's Jared Burst, Alabama, whoever you like. You know, there's a lot of guys, but if you're, for the first time, maybe getting a top-10 edge rusher, you're never going to find another Micah Parsons, as far as we think, but maybe just maybe they can do that, Carl, if they commit to a quarterback through free agency or a trade. So we are curious. Uh, it's something that uh, we're anxious to, to talk to them about, and, and we will get that opportunity on Monday as Raheem Morris will be introduced. And, and then it's, it's full steam ahead, man, because we, we got to go find a couple of players. we got to go find a quarterback. I don't care how we do it. Um, and I know everybody has their ideas about what, where we should go. I am still right now, Mike, I would still love to draft a guy. I don't care. Me too. Me too. I, I just think that is the way we need to go. Um, and if you feel like Zach and these guys that we're brought in to, to work with these, you know, these young quarterbacks, we're going to be all right. T.J. Yates in the building. If you feel good enough about that, 
then that's got to be the route. And we may go through some growing pains, but why not be the Texans next year and go to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback? Is it impossible? No. No, we're seeing, we saw no. C.J. Stroud do it, and an amazing turnaround for that Houston team. Yeah. So, with the right coach. With the right coach. That's that's the thing. So I, I think that's the route that I like right now. I know everybody wants instant gratification. Mm. The Kirk Cousins thing, again, I was talking to one of my boys today, and, and his name's Dre, and he was like, are you serious about this Kirk Cousins thing? I said, what? He said, $90 million? I heard you guys yesterday yeah. talking about it. And I said, he's not getting that, guys. Not yeah. here. Not here. No, I mean, we said, guys, we, we finally came out the other end of the salary cap hell. We don't want to just plunge ourselves back into it. Look, if we were the Cowboys, you know, and without the quarterback, yeah, then, okay, that's if we lost a guy to injury or whatever, then you'd say I could go pull that trigger. But I just, to me, it, it's just too scary a proposition. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not down with it. Uh, I know that, and it's funny, every time we mention, you know, Justin Fields, guys get just bananas one way or the other. I don't know. I, I think I still think we've not hit the, the ceiling with Justin Fields. I still think that there's – and I, statistically, there is certainly room for improvement, Carl, but a lot of folks feel that you've already seen what he is, and he's yeah. not going to get better. And, and, by the way, let me say this with the whole Fields thing as far as, Mike, if we were to trade for him, because we're just throwing all the options right. out there. Right now, we do not know which direction this is going to go. Um, and I don't even think they know in the building. I mean, these guys are just getting together. I mean, they, you know, we, they're trying to figure out where, where they want to go. I don't know right. if they know. Uh, maybe Raheem knows. Maybe he knows because he told them in that meeting <laughs> what he wanted to do. Right. But I don't know if the staff together and everybody's saying, hey, this is the way we need to go. But but I'll say this. If we do end up trading for him, you have to look at it this way, guys. We swap first-round picks, but you're getting your quarterback as if you would be drafting him in the first round. And he's not old. You're getting a young quarterback right. with NFL experience. You have to look at it that way. I know people go, wow, you're swapping picks. Yes, you're basically picking your quarterback in the first round by getting Justin and swapping picks with the, with the Bears, okay? And then you're going to give up some futures. Guys that you don't know will pan out or not. But you're getting a young right. quarterback, and it's the same thing if you draft one. Now, again, when you have no cap space and you've already got a pretty good team, then you can say F those picks like the Rams <laughs> like to. But, you know, but when you don't and you're flipping your roster, you know, you got, and again, we've, guys, we've got the skill position pieces. You get the right quarterback in here, and that's the thing. You know, also putting it just – Bear with me for 30 seconds. What if you put Justin Fields on the turf at Mercedes-Benz? You know, and, and more of a, you know, now now he's no longer playing in Chicago. Now he's a dome team guy. Well, he don't like you cold know? weather. I mean, Nobody he's a does. southern boy. He doesn't like cold does. weather. He doesn't like cold. He Nobody said does. it. I don't like cold weather. <laughs> but no, just and, and with the weapons we've got now, uh, one thing for certain with the Rams, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we commit to wide receivers in the draft. You know, getting we got to get more guys that fit. If Zach Roberts is going to do what his bosses have done yeah. with that offense, you're going to see three wideouts. You know, no more that less tight end friendly. Correct. You know, or as as tight end centric as we've been under Arthur Smith. Well. The guy we drafted should be able to accommodate because that. he's not again. If used properly, he will be that superstar hybrid. No doubt. And if, and if he's healthy, if he's healthy. All right, coming up, we've got a lot more to get to. We're live at State Farm Arena, guys. Mark Slareth is on the way. Let's get to an NFL blitz. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Three o'clock hour brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. Um, Andy Reid was talking about Kadarius Tony, and whether or not do you guys was this a false injury report? What are we talking about here? Well, with some Andy would say, as, as I joked around with you before the, uh, you know, Butterfinger should have been on the operation game along with butterflies in the stomach and uh, water <laughs> on the knee. But no, I mean the dude. I love operation. I love it. <laughs> it's nothing like giving your child a small shock. I love it to this yeah. day. 
but no, I just felt that the guy, they kept him off and stuff, said, slow roll, they'd take all the time you need, pal, because he'd become a liability, especially down the stretch, and they were losing some of those games. Here's Andy Reid on Kadarius Tony and his current status. You know, obviously, he's been on the injury report, so I mean, I, I got that, that part, that's not made up by any means, but he's been working through some things, and um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be back out there. When I tell you how much money I lost on that curtain razor game, because that idiot couldn't catch a ball <laughs> early in the season. Yeah, you know, you know about Thursday night, the Chiefs and the, and the Lions. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a bad beat, Carl. It was a very bad beat. It was but, a bad beat. But he, but he struggled. And then, ironically, Marquez Valdez, Scandling, uh, Rasheed Rice, all the other guys are stepping up. And obviously, Kelsey's found his way back from where he was like six weeks ago. And do you want this guy in the mix? Because, yes, we all love a redemption story, but I don't trust that guy. I don't trust him. I, I just, you know, I just keep waiting for Andy Reid to go. Give me some of those nuggies. It's Dukes and Bell. It's the NFL Blitz. Hey, let's uh, let's hear from uh, a, a guy talking about Taylor Swift, Mike, and this conspiracy. Now, you brought this up. Right. Um, who is this, by the way, Big O, talking about this Taylor Swift? Oh, this is Stephen no, Colbert. No, this, he's having fun with it. He's, this is, is a parody of the people who actually believe there's a conspiracy. Ah, because I hadn't heard Colbert's yeah. take on this. All right, let me hear it. Of course, the Swifties have their own conspiracy theories because – some of the Swifties out there pointed out some suspicious coincidences surrounding Taylor's favorite number, 13. Follow me down the number hole. This is Super Bowl 58, and 5 plus 8 is 13. If Taylor goes, it would be her 13th time attending a Chiefs game. The date of the Super Bowl is 2-11. 2 plus 11 is 13. If she flies to Vegas from Tokyo, the flight will be roughly 13 hours, and the Chiefs are playing the 49ers. 4 plus 9 is 13. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Anyone else have chills? This can only mean one thing. Whatever the Swifties say it means. I don't want them mad at me. That's funny. Yeah, man, and for those not following, there have been some conspiracy nuts out there of a certain political bent who feel that because she's expressed some feelings, as her right as an American with free speech, as an artist user platform, that they disagree with it somehow. The the networks and the NFL will manipulate it, so she'll have a platform at the Super Bowl to convey more of those views. Yeah. And How's that? Way, How's that for dancing through the raindrops on that one? It's a, it's, it, and by the way, those are fun numbers to throw around. I, I just, I got to say this, too, about the Super Bowl being in Vegas. I've been doing this a long time. And I remember when I was told, not only the NFL will never be in Las Vegas, right. we'll never have a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Correct. Okay. And I'm stupidest mean, thing for 25 years. I, I, I'm talking about adamantly from right. league officials and people in the know, like, oh, okay, why would you even ask that question? And we're about to have a Super Bowl in Las Vegas, and you're going to have tons of football players that are not playing in this game, walking around and enjoying the time out there. And Mike mentioned this. The, the gambling rules for them <laughs> are do, very strict. They can't do okay? anything. They can't even, like I said, roulette, craps, you name it, can't no. do a thing. So, but but I only say that to say this is something we never thought we'd see no. in sports, right? And Mike and I are big proponents of bringing, you know, bring the app to Georgia. Right, all right. Bring the sports app to Georgia. We're down here at State Farm. What if you could walk in tonight and say, hey, I like the Hawks, and, and be able to, to put something down on it legally, okay? And the point is, Mike, let's not say never. Because we never thought we'd get the Super Bowl in Las Vegas or we'd have the NFL there. 
pumping it the way right. they are. Right. Well, I mean, thanks to the NHL for having the Nuggets to do that. The A's eventually they ever get the stadium thing done, right? The A's are kind of sabotaging their own deal in Las Vegas. But the uh, they're, obviously they're going to get yeah. it done. Uh, yeah, it's going to be right where the Tropicana is. Yeah. It's right off Vegas Boulevard, which is great. But yeah, the A's are going to be there. We know that the uh, you know the Raiders are now there after the uh, Knights. Uh, you know, black. You know, they they bra- they blaze that trail. It's just you're right. There was a time it was like, oh my god, we can ridiculous you didn't even yeah. talk about it and any game that was in vegas would be off the board remember that nonsense oh yeah it'd be yes you could bet you on couldn't it. so if you went to like i went to the uh I, bet did, I will say this i was dumb enough to go to the first xfl game in vegas that was on the books trying to draw some interest sure but, but again it was exhibition football practically i just yeah. you know we take it for granted and i know there's a there's many of you who might be listening and and you don't remember those conversations or even that time period it like, seems so silly it's silly it's about as stupid as prohibition was it's it's silly. Can't get a drink. It's yeah. silly. How'd that work out for yeah. America? Uh, but I will say this. I do agree with the gambling rules that they are laying down because all these guys are friends. And I'll give you an example. Christian McCaffrey talks to one of his boys, and he says, dude, this ankle's been killing me. Okay? Nobody knows about it. And all of a sudden, Christian McCaffrey gets in the Super Bowl and doesn't play well. Right? But his boys knew, and they put some money down. It's a dangerous slippery slope i totally agree with the league like hey you guys can come hang out and have a good time but that stuff is off limits because there's too much conversation between all of these guys who know each other and play against each other and compete mike right and look we talked about this i know some guys will never grasp as hell there's nfl players that don't grasp this whole argument and which is a shame because i think it's pretty simple you cannot have people thinking that the nfl is no better than pro wrestling correct you know it, it's got to be on the up and up because if you don't believe it's fair as if we get these wackadoodles who believe it's a conspiracy to advance the chiefs you know then people start to tune out the direct opposite is happening right now with the nfl is as big as it's ever been and that's why the ridley thing came down like a ton of bricks on it just can't that's why guys yeah. guys paul horning was as big as it gives alex harris pete rosell sat those guys down for a year back in the 60s over the same argument all right guys march Lamb's going to join us stinks on the way odyssey nfl insider We'll talk to him about the games. We'll talk to him about the coaching moves and more next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Bell. We're live at State Farm Arena. Lakers in town taking on the Hawks. We're going to talk some more football with our buddy Mark Slayers here in one second. But want to remind you that this hour is brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair. Driven by excellence. Building successful partnerships. Stink, it's good to have you back on, man. We had a great championship weekend. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. And Mark is also the host of the Stinkin' Truth podcast. Mark Slayers, you played on some of the best running football teams in the history of the NFL. What the hell was Todd Munkin doing with the Ravens and his game plan going into this game against Kansas City where they went away from the run, and I thought it absolutely was terrible? Yeah, I thought, I I mean, I'm 100% with you. I don't have any clue what you were doing. And I I will say this, man. I've been a part, you know, I was a part of a team in 1996 that won 13 games, number uh, number one seed, the Denver Broncos. And we put a game plan together. And it, this is an interesting story because I rolled home Wednesday after after practice, 
And we are eating dinner, you know, as a family. And my wife just goes, what's wrong? I go, I'm telling you what, I, like, we're going to lose this game. I hate this. I hate what we're doing. She goes, well, what are you talking about? And you know, it's a divisional game against Jacksonville we're about to play. And I go, they basically can get us in a situation where, and this is a, this is a, this problem is, is to me, it's uh, an epidemic around the league. I want to be in the perfect play. I'm smarter than everybody else, and therefore I want to be able to check out of everything and get into what coaches in today's game call premium plays. And what ended up happening to us, I was like, they can get us to where we check out of every run. Terrell Davis carried the ball 25 times a game every single game. In that particular game, based on us getting into the perfect play, we ran the ball. It was either 12 or 14 times, over six yards of carry, and we ended up losing to Jacksonville. And it was one of those, you know, for us it was an epiphany, and that game led us to back-to-back world championships. But I think sometimes you get so smart as an NFL coach that you really you really expose how stupid we are. Or we're a bunch of PE majors, for crying out loud, right? I mean, there's no genius in the NFL. And so, you know, you get to the point where you think you're better or you think you're smarter than everybody else. They are so tough. The Baltimore Ravens are so tough when it comes to running the ball and all the zone read stuff where Lamar can flag that into the belly of the running back, right? And if the end pinches down, um, you know, you pull it and you get around the edge. Or if he doesn't, he tries to surf it, float, you hand it off, and it's an automatic four-yard pop. Then all the RPO stuff after that. I guarantee you that Kansas City spent the whole week prepping that. And you can't prep it in a week. You just don't have time. And physically, you can't prep it because you can't beat yourself up trying to run that stuff. So you have this decided advantage if you're the Baltimore Ravens because you run something that, let's face it, you've got the world's greatest you know, athlete at the quarterback position. The guy makes NFL players look like JV players. And there's no way you can prep that. There's no way you can, you can simulate it. There's no way you can do that. And you just choose not to do it in the game. Like the whole week of practice, they, they worked on defending it. Kansas City did. And then you chose not to run it because – why we're going to trick them we're smarter than they are like i'm a believer you line up and you lean into what you are you have an identity you lean into that identity and you try to kick somebody's ass and if they get you well guess what tip your cap to them but how you like every team wants to make lamar drop that guy because it's not his strength they were able to do it they did it to themselves and ultimately what they score 10 points more the last seventeen to ten, or I mean, it's insane, absolutely insane. And Mark, the other thing is because of the things, all the things you just mentioned, it was almost like Kansas City Andy Reid didn't push it in the second half. They kind of played a little conservative, knowing that really the Ravens weren't going to hurt them. Yeah, there's, there, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs had the number one scoring defense in the second half. Um, you know, and and you're talking about the number one scoring defense overall in Baltimore. But the other thing Baltimore did from a just an undisciplined standpoint, it was disappointing, you know, if you're a Baltimore fan, is, you know, four personal fouls. Um, you're trying to intimidate. You're trying to act like a bully. You're talking about a, a team that went to six straight AFC championship games and has won, what, two of the last three Super Bowls? Like, they're not intimidated by you guys. I, I just promise you. Like, they've played a lot of football, and it just it blew me away. 
you know, I always say this, and this is, comes from Herm Edwards, my dear friend Herm Edwards. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And they played <laughs> undisciplined football. And, you know, that goes back to John Harbaugh. You allowed that to happen. To your po- you allowed yourself not to run the ball. You allowed yourself to play undisciplined football. And, you know, the, the result is you're going to watch the Super Bowl right from where I'm watching it, my couch. <laughs> he is Mark Slareth, guys, joins us on a weekly basis. We're talking all things NFL. Before we get into some of these coaching hires, uh, let's talk about what happened in the NFC Championship game. Stink, are you a believer of Brock Purdy? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Brock Purdy is – he's legit. You know, you can sit there and say, well, they've got these weapons, and they've got – like, they do. And they have a great scheme. And I don't know where we where we have become – I guess we just like to be offended about everything. Like, I, I, that's just the society we live in, right? We just want to be offended. But the bottom line is, what's wrong with managing a game? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Right. I, I tell you what. Detroit wishes their coach would have managed the game because they'd be playing in the Super Bowl next uh, a week from uh, uh, Sunday. But, you know, I mean, managing a game is big time. You've got to be able to manage the game. But I will say this. Go back. The very first throw of the third quarter, you're down 17. Brock Purdy throws a dagger concept in between five defenders. And just it's an absolute BB shot. Like there's a guy that, that they had no fear. It's a two-man route. They didn't have any fear. Like, you think Kyle Shanahan was afraid to call a pass? It's a 20-yard, just absolute laser in between five guys. There's no fear there. And, oh, by the way, the thing about San Francisco, and this is one of the reasons that they don't have a lot of success when it comes to coming back, right? You've seen all the fourth quarter. When Kyle Shanahan is down by a certain amount of points in the fourth quarter, he's, you know, 1-30, and now he's 3-30, and whatever it is. Whatever it is, okay? One of the reasons is because they're so good at what they do, running the football and marrying their play action to those runs where they create explosive plays through play design and play calling. That's what they do. They are not a static three-by-one, three-by-two empty formationally and going out and beat you route running. And as a matter of fact, if you talk to Kyle or you talk to a couple of coaches on there, they'll tell you, hey, man, we don't have the best route runners because that's not what we do. We don't have a bunch of a team full of great route runners. We scheme people up. In the last two weeks, guys, in the fourth quarter, Brock Purdy has had to make plays from static formations with guys running routes that they're not great at and win a football game, win two football games. And he did it both throwing it and with his feet and his athleticism. Um, and, and he did it when it was, you know, nut cutting time and that's to me that's a big time performance by a quarterback who doesn't get the credit that he deserves pro bowler super bowl winner it's uh, mark schlereth with us guys our weekly visit with him only got him for a few more weeks here carl mark we spent a lot of time talking about and you just mentioned do what you do that's what the raven should have done but when it comes to the moments that uh, dan campbell had to deal with with field goal or go for it on fourth down Sometimes don't you have to have, like we said, situational awareness, and maybe you just get away from the aggressiveness and just take the points and take the crowd out. Well, you did it at the end of the first half. You know, Mr. Yeah. Like, hey, hey oh, we go for it. That's what we do. Well, you didn't at the end of the first half. Right. You know, at some point, at some, you're playing an NFC championship on the road. You, you've got a 14-point lead with 7.03 left in the third quarter. I get it's fourth down and two, and I get that it should have been complete. But there's a couple different things you got to think about. Um, 
one, you kick the field goal to 45-yard or 46 or whatever it is, 46-yard or call it. All right? You kick the field goal, you make it. Now you kick off. You know what happens? And, and you know, I do TV every week. I do a game every week. You know what happens? And, and I, I just remember this as a, as a player. You kick off. You know what there always is? TV timeout. So now all of a sudden you have to wait for the TV timeout. You walk out and you're in the huddle and you're standing there for two minutes before they come back from the TV timeout before you even get to call the play and, and start your next series. So ultimately for you, you know, they kick the field goal, then they kick off. There's another, there's two TV timeouts there. By the time you come back, there's about six or eight minutes of real time that has passed. And you lose, you know, you lose a little bit of your stinger. Um, You're just kind of waiting around for it to happen. You go for it on fourth down and two, bam, it's incomplete. You get on on the ball, they drive right down and score a touchdown. Like, momentum is real. And you just went from having some momentum and could have had a 17-point lead and just gave the momentum right to the other sideline. You get up 17, now it's a three-score game, and you know what you do? You sit there and you say, man, we really can't afford to keep running it. We can't. Like, it changes your mindset as a play caller. So there's that, and then, you know, you got a chance to tie it up 27-27 on the road in an NFC championship game, and you go for it on fourth and three? Like, you know, and it's a 40-yard field goal? Like, those things are, like – it's it's about again it's about managing the game and doing what's best for you to win a football game and i just thought it was i just thought that that was a poor decision and i thought you should have learned from that game against dallas where you could have been the number two seed overall you should have learned you know one time i get it going for two two times i'm a little bit suspect on the third time you know come on like we don't do that and here's the thing about going forward on like, first off, I always say these numbers, you know, that everybody uses, these analytics are a bunch of crap. One, a two-point conversion, we have one, any game plan, you have one two-point conversion play that you like, really like, one that you're okay with. You've practiced one. You know how many, you know how many plays of goal line, short yardage, or goal line we do on any given week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in a prep? you got five plays of goal line on a Friday when you're not even in full pads, when you're not hitting each other. So it's essentially a jog through where you've, where you've prepped that play. And then after that one play, you're just in regular, either in base, in goal line, whatever you're in, third down. You're treating it like a third down, right? So you're running that play, but you don't have the space that you would normally have. So you can't, you can't create space, high, low end kind of a concept. Because you're you got the end zone, the back of the end zone is a twelfth man. So all these people that throw these spit these numbers in my eyes about hey you got a great chance that that's a bunch of crap. And why I, I think one of the reasons coaching decisions have been so bad this week is because you got some number crunching nerd in your ear telling you you should go for it on every fourth down. I like uh, it drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> Right on. You're killing me. You're killing me. I love it. Uh, It is our man, Mark Slayer. (laughs) Real quick, before we let you go, man, uh, we got to ask you here in Atlanta, um, Raheem Morris gets the job. Your thoughts on the hire. Uh, He's putting his staff together, but, uh, you know, a lot of people thought this was Belichick. It's not. It's Raheem Morris. Your thoughts, Mark? I love him. He's one. He's like one of the great 
dudes in the National Football League, a great guy, but he is a great coach. You talk to anybody who plays for Raheem, and they'll tell you how prepared they are, how great a guy he is, how relational he is, and you can throw that stuff out in, you know, in the Tampa. He's not, he was not, that was not a good team. He was not ready for that, that, you know, he was not ready. And that, that wasn't a good team. He was put in a, in a position to lose. And I say this about players all the time, put a guy in a position to fail. Don't be surprised when he fails. You're the dumbass that put him there. And so I, I'm, I'm really excited for raw, man. He is a, like I said, he's a friend. He's a great guy. And uh, he's a hell of a football coach. And I never played for him. Don't take my word for it. I just know, I know a dozen guys who have that just speak so highly of him. So I'm so excited he gets this opportunity. And, you know, and I, I'm a believer. Awesome. Great stuff. We appreciate you as always, man. Uh, we enjoy talking to you. You know that. And continued success with everything's going on. As Mike said, we only got a couple more weeks with you. But it's been fun all season long. Stink, thanks for stopping by, brother. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Yeah, man. That is Mark Schlereth here on Dukes and Bell. Once again, Odyssey NFL Insider. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Men Have Skin 2. We're coming back. We are live at State Farm. Uh, Turtles got, yeah, man, no man on the way. And then we're going to head to the Senior Bowl at 4 o'clock to get the latest on what's going on down there with our man Jarvis Davis. Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. He's the former MVP of his high school football team. Not really. From New Jersey. The Cavs are here. And gives rapid fire questions. Here's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Chris Thomas. What is going on, Turtle? We're live at State Farm Arena tonight. LeBron and the Lakers take on our Hawks right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Big shout out to Stink for stopping by. Great stuff with him. And we'll talk some college football, Senior Bowl coming up. What's happening, Turtle? Looks like it's official, guys. Quote, I've been out to the Fox Studios a few times. I'm really excited to join an amazing team. Greg Olson did an incredible job, and I have so much respect for him. I'm going to go in there and do the best I can with my own perspective. Tom Brady went on the Pat McAfee show today and announced that he will be honoring his $375 million contract and joining the Fox booth next year. So a couple of questions. Yeah, man. Number one, yeah, man, no, man. This time next year, exactly one year from today, we will all be marveling at the job Tom Brady did year one as a broadcaster. Don't know. Don't really know. I mean, he's made a commitment to be really good at everything else he's done in his life. I mean, you know, so – I'd like to think he's going to put it in there, but I think that Greg Olson was a really pleasant surprise as he got elevated to the number one team. You know, most of us would see Greg as the number two guy on Fox for many years. Yeah. He's really good, and he's likable, and he puts the stories you know, in, in, a, in an easy-to-understand manner and the breakdowns of the, of the analysis. I, I really like – can Tom do likewise? I mean, Carl, if he comes in, as you, you and I talked about, I'd love to hear Tom come with some attitude and be a little smarmy, be a little Johnny Miller-like. and oh, like Everybody knows this coach can't do the job been out there for years but he's never gonna i just don't think tom can commit to doing that i i think it's gonna be more of what we've got from these analysts maybe more edgy than aikman what do you think no i um i think a year from now turtle will be saying he's good not great okay and the good is going to only come from that he was one of the most and best prepared players in the history of the nfl so like what romo was his first year in the broadcast booth well doing some of that Yes, but that preparation ultimately paid off for Brady in a way that it didn't pay off for Romo. I think Romo just has a personality that comes across. Um, but that preparation 
will allow him to be great at this as far as, uh, and I say good at this, not great, because you're going to get the insight of a, of a seven-time Super Bowl champion. We've never had that, right? We've had guys that won two, three. He's got so much information. But how does it come across on the broadcast? Well, well, Montana tried to yeah. do it, and he was awful. Well, here's the deal, though. This is the thing about Tom Brady, and I've, I've picked this up over the last few years with, with his podcast. He can be exactly what Mike's talking about. He can be that. In those podcasts that I've heard and, you know, with, with our buddy Jim, he's on there, and uh, and I think there are moments. Scratchy, you mean? A little bit of edge. A little bit. <laughs> but I don't know if that's him completely and wholeheartedly. Like, I don't know if that's who he is. So we're going to see, man. But I, I, I'm not going to tell you that the GOAT's not going to be good. He'll be good because I know he'll be prepped and ready. I don't know if he'll be great. And the great comes from what Mike's talking about. How does it come across to the audience? Do we connect with him? Is he giving me something, right, from his own experience that we have not heard? Or let me tell you a story about what Bill and I said one time when we were playing this team. And all of a sudden, we're getting all this background stuff. And you're going, whoa, wait a minute. That's what's going to connect us. If he doesn't do that, he's just there to do these games. You want to do it with me? My, my thumb's down. Since, since You know how I do it. I'm up, and the thumb goes down. It's not going to be good. Okay, so part duh of this question is – has Greg Olson been good enough that CBS should consider making a run at him immediately ditching, ditching Tony Romo? Oh, that's the interesting question. Um, maybe Amazon should get Kirk Herbstreit out of there and let him do a number of things. I mean, I just don't need more Kirk Herbstreit in my life. You know what I mean? I just, I'd love to see the Greg Amazon Olson. thing is good. You're Greg right. Olson to Amazon, would, and I don't know how much longer Al wants to do it, but yeah, I, I would think certainly. Or, you know, how many people love to see Chris Collinsworth take a nice permanent vacation? He's going to have options. I think he's going to have options. Um, everybody's looking to upgrade these teams. You know, you've got the team. We talk about team one, two, three, and everybody's working their way up or whatever. Olsen's already shown you he's he's with the first team, and he should have options. But, yeah, I don't know about taking Romo's spot, but he will have uh, an opportunity to go somewhere, whether it's NBC, whether it is Amazon Prime, to Mike's point. But he's been great. And if his people are listening, Greg Olsen's a dude. I love listening to him. He's been fun to listen to. Okay, so Adam Schefter revealed today that choice number two for the Los Angeles Chargers, none other than Mike Rabel. But we all know their choice one took the job, Jim Harbaugh. So my question to you, again, crystal ball. Yeah. This time next year, the Los Angeles Chargers will regret having taken Jim Harbaugh over Mike Rabel. Ooh, good question. I'm going to say no. No, man, because Harbaugh knows how to – build these these programs you know he does he's done it i'm not telling you Vrabel's not a good coach but i think harbaugh he could start at zero he's proven that mike he can start at zero and build the thing to to a winner i don't think they will regret it i think they're going to be just fine guys i'm I'm predicting the charges in the playoffs next year call me crazy he's going to fix all the things that are wrong guys that don't want to be there will be gone that will be a tougher team they'll run the ball i just I think they're going to be in the playoffs next year. I'm not, not. I don't think they'll regret it. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think they got rid of a coach that was not uh, hitting on all cylinders. I think they've got enough. They got to some cap. They got to do some hard, some, some slash and burn on the cap to tighten that up a little bit. But I think look, you got a quarterback. You're going to maximize his talent. You can certainly draft some pieces they can plug in for Harbaugh. And the team has still got a decent enough defense. I mean, you still got one of the premier, premier patterns. Like Carl, you got a guy that can sling it. You got a guy that can get the quarterback on the ground. And not every team starts yeah. with that. So I think he'll, I think they'll be in the playoffs. It's just problem is the AFC is just so loaded right now. And that, that division is still looking up at Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, they could be still the third best team in their division if the Broncos ever figure out what the hell they're doing. That's right. All right, to the Senior Bowl we go, fellas. Big O, hit my music. 
Good stuff, go. Turtle. Hey, man. Um, a lot of guys uh, going bananas, Carl, about the uh, guys really hanging out. Carl's laughing during the commercial breaks. I'll talk about more in Guy Talk coming up next hour. These, these Taylor Swift people, these conspiracy nuts about the NFL. I don't get it. I mean, I literally, it's just mind-blowing. It just blows blows me out of the water. And, I, you know, Carl's heard me do this a million times. So I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm quitting Twitter. But this is it, Carl. I'm this close. <laughs> you got me this close. I'm a race car in the red. Carl, a race car shouldn't be in the red. Well, I, I will say this. <laughs> Um, if there was ever a time to quit it. Now would be the time. <laughs> now would yeah. be the time. Oh, yeah. 2024 should be the year to get off social media. All right. Coming up, we'll head to the Senior Bowl. We'll talk to our buddy Jarvis Davis next on Sports Radio 92.9 <laughs> The Game. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 